This is the Gordon Damer Show. The New York Knicks. Man, what a difference one week makes. You'd have to say last night was impressive. Another three. Nails another one. All you need to know is last night was such a beatdown. Tom Thibodeau actually pulled his starters. Well, we had a number of guys play well, so that they're a tough team. So I was pleased with that part of it. In this league, you know, you can't feel too good about yourself. You know, we got to be right and ready tomorrow night. Early returns are really, really good. You look at what the defense was doing. The last three games before the trade, they were giving up like 130 points. In the three games since the trade, they're giving up 99. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We are the New York Knicks. Yes, they are the New York Knicks. Knicks. Well, I just said that. We are the New York Knicks. It is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Usually we do it at 1030, but today, because of the jubilation of the Knicks performance last night, the trade last week, we held off until 11 o'clock. We do that sometimes, but it is now time. Hit the music, Harvey. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Yes, it is that time. It is a time I, as a 53-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned such interesting yet completely useless information, so we crafted a little game to give Joe and give Harvey a little airtime. God knows they, they need it. I will give them four pieces of information, three of which are completely made up, but one, one thing is true, and it is something that I learned this week on TikTok. And I got to say, before we get into the game, you know how you get targeted ads based on what you search online? Some people in the media found that out uh, firsthand this week. I think that this might be some of the weirdest Google searches that I've ever done in the history of this game. And there's been some, there's been some weird searches. Let's be honest. All right. So who's batting lead off this week, boys? You are. I know. How about that? No, I I can't ask the questions to myself. No, I I ask the questions to one of you. You know, I'll go. You'll go. All right. Interesting. All right, Harvey, here we go. Number one, Bobo the Painting Elephant was a famous celebrity painter in the 50s and 60s. In his heyday, his work sold for tens of thousands of dollars. Pablo Picasso was a fan, and one of his paintings still hangs in the Louvre. Number two, the band Steely Dan became huge rock stars once they got rid of their original drummer. That original drummer? Comedian Chevy Chase. Number three... Outside of the first three years of his career, until his death, Elvis made more money from endorsements than record sales. Or number four, Gene Kelly of Singing in the Rain had a lifetime membership in the National Skateboard Society until he broke his wrist at the age of 78. So to recap, Bobo the Painting Elephant, famous celebrity painter, Steely Dan became huge rock stars once they fired Chevy Chase as their drummer. 
Elvis made more money from endorsements than record sales? Or Gene Kelly, a lifetime membership in the National Skateboard Society until he broke his wrist skateboarding at 78? Hmm. Mm. Well, nobody cares about Chevy Chase. I'll take okay. that one now. All right. I'm going to go with Bobo the Painting. Bobo the Painting Elephant. Yep. Lock it in. No, you're a Bobo. No, that's not true. That is incorrect. There was a painting chimp named Congo. Uh, he w- and, and Pablo Picasso was a fan of, of, of Congo. But Bobo, th- that did not exist. All right, so now you're down to three. Chevy Chase, Elvis Presley, Gene Kelly. All celebrities. Give me Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Lifetime membership in the National Skateboard Society. No, that's not true either. It's wrong. Boom! You're like the Evan Neal of this game. What do you mean? I'm available. Oh, sorry. You are. You are. Well, technically, you are available. God, if That is effective. All right, so you got Chevy Chase, you got Elvis Presley. Which one are you going with? One's right, one's wrong. All I need for him is to start games next year. That's it. Got right uh-huh. tackle. All right, let's move on. Let's Anyways, focus on um, the task at hand here. Don't worry about Evan Neal. You know, give me uh, not the Chevy Chase one, the other one. The Elvis one. The Elvis. Give me the Elvis. Yeah, that's wrong, too. Elvis only actually did one endorsement. He in his. Stinks. He only did an endorsement for a local donut shop that he really loved. He did no other endorsements, which really feels like a missed opportunity. Elvis Donuts would sell. Yeah. Elvis loved his donuts. Well-known fact. No, actually, Steely Dan. The two guys who made up Steely Dan, they were originally in a band with three people, and the third person was Chevy Chase. He was the drummer of the band. Isn't that wild? I'd never heard that before this week. That's where those targeted ads are coming from right Oh, yeah, they're going to give me everything about uh, Chevy Chase now. All right. Nice job. Typical job by Harvey. 0 for 3. Harvey's pulled his... You against this game is like the Jets against the Patriots. All right, Joe. It's all right. Pipe down. Joe, you ready for your uh, big turn here? Let's go. This works out perfect for you. How so? Well, you followed Harvey. I mean, you can't do any worse than that unless you answer something that I don't give you. If only I had a a nickel, you know. It, it, It... it would be impossible to do any worse is the, is the point. All right, you ready here? Here we go. Number one, uh, George Aldrich is the is, is NASA's chief sniffer. Well Let me said. Start again for the podcast. Start the edit here. Number one, George Aldrich is NASA's chief sniffer. He smells everything that goes into space. Number two, there were originally three separate species of parrots found in the wild in the United States, but two of them went extinct because they were just so delicious. Number three, the visually impaired are exempt from picking up poop from seeing eye dogs. Or number four, in the 1970s and early 80s, Frank Sinatra's music and movies were banned in Denmark. Well, I don't want to go to Denmark. Um... No. Oh, only in the 70s and 80s. It's since been changed. This one's a doozy. Uh, okay. Give me Sinatra for the first Sinatra attempt. for the first one. All right. Lock it in. No, that's not right. That's wrong. You're off and running, as they say. So you got uh, George Aldrich, the uh, chief sniffer of NASA. 
the parrots, two of them, where people loved eating them, or the visually impaired are exempt from picking up dog poop uh, from seeing eye dogs? Give me this because, you know, it might be a job opportunity. The chief sniffer of uh, NASA. Oh, okay. I think you're going with the dog poop. Yes, that is actually correct. There's a guy for NASA. He just smells things, and he can smell whether it could be possibly toxic in space. Dan and that's Ar- his job. He's the chief sniffer of NASA. I heard Dan Orlovsky Arlo- took up tips from him this week. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't get the reference. Oh, right, with the shoe. Yes, all right. I eventually came to me. How do you all get right, that job? Very good job, Joe. One for two. That's solid. What do you know that? What, how do you know that something's toxic in space? He has a nose for it. He just kind of he has a what the olfactory sense. He just has that sense. Some people are just natural, uh, na- have natural ability. I, so I read. I, I have no idea. Some narcotics might be uh, helping that out. Yeah, he 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 can smell like plastics, and he just knows what things are going to be toxic in space. I would think that those things are toxic on Earth too, but that shows you how little I know. I couldn't even read NASA correctly at the start of this, so what do I know? All right, here we go. Last one, guys. Uh, this one, we flip it. This one, there is one lie and three truths. So you have to find the lie now. Here we go. Number one, the inventor of the Game Boy was Nintendo's janitor. Number two, Al Capone, the famous um, gangster lobbied the local Chicago City Council to put expiration dates on milk bottles. Number three, Pixar is currently working on an animated movie about the life of Kurt Cobain. Or number four, there was once a radioactive energy drink called Radathor that some of the most active users had to be buried in lead coffins because it was that radioactive. So Game Boy, Janitor, Al Capone... Milk bottles, Pixar, Kurt Cobain, or radioactive energy drink that killed people? I don't think Pixar is working on a Kurt Cobain film. All I'll right, lock you, that in. You're going to lock that one in. Harvey, you're going to go with Joe, or are you going to go out on your own? What was that movie with Al Capone that um, no, Al, no, De Niro played? No. Are you even the paying attention to the show? Al Capone lobbied the local Chicago City Council to put expiration dates on milk. The Untouchables, 1987. One yeah. of the great movies I've seen. Okay. Harvey's just doing his own segment. Yeah. It, it. Give me Al Capone. Al Capone. Well, I will say this. One of you is right. One of you is wrong. Not shockingly, it's Joe that's right and Harvey's wrong again. No, Pixar is not is not working on a uh, Kurt Poe Cobain movie. That would be wild, though, wouldn't it? Hey, kids, you think the uh, the Iron Claw is depressing? Wait, do you see the end of this one? All right, so there you go. That is what I learned this week on TikTok, and now because of this segment, you have learned it too. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Hey, my, Metropolitan Entertainment welcomes Tool to Madison Square Garden for two nights, Friday, January 12th, Saturday, January 13th. And ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. All you got to do, scroll down to contest and submit your entry. It's brought to you by Metropolitan Entertainment. Tool tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So we focused a lot of the show today on the football. 
Last chance we're going to get to focus on that for a little while. we got some time after the season. So we'll, we'll still focus on the other teams that are in the playoffs, but Jets and Giants specifically. I mean, maybe we'll have a little recap of the season. But by next Saturday's show, I, I would... You never want to say with the Jets completely that they're not... This is, what could the Jets possibly do? There's always something. They always find a way. But you would think that they're now going to go into the rearview mirror, and now we can really start to focus on the Knicks, which we've focused on a lot today with the, the performance last night uh, against the Sixers and the, the trade for OG Ananobi and what's next. And here's the thing. You'd have to say now that Leon Rose, I'm not saying he's gotten everything right. Nobody gets everything right. But he's now stacking up things, and it almost feels like there's some reluctance of Nick fans to actually focus on the, the positives because there's a good portion of the Nick fan base that just does not think that Tibbs is a good coach. Like, they just don't think that he's the guy that's going to get them to where they want to go. And they're reluctant to, to, to love because they, they've already kind of set their sight. No, he's not, he's not the guy. And, and despite the evidence of getting them to the playoffs the first year, winning a playoff series last year, and, and they've built this team around, around their coach. This is, this is his kind of team. Each move, right? Brunson move, the Josh Hart move, now uh, uh, OG Ananobi, that move is, is you couldn't cook up a player better for, for Tibbs than, than that kind of defense, elite defender, 3 and D guy. So uh, I, I think that that is a big reason why Nick fans are, or at least a portion of them, not everyone. There's certainly the delusionally optimistic Nick fans as well who think that we're going to the championship now. Slow down, slow down. Not yet, not quite yet, but... I think that's part of it. But you know what we've not focused on, and, and I'm not going to focus on it too much, but the baseball. Let's go with one Met thing, one Yankee thing. The Met thing, if I had gone back to when the season ended and I told you the list of players that we would be sitting here on, what is it, January 6th, I said? We'd be sitting here on January 6th, smack dab in the middle of the MLB offseason. And the Mets moves would be Luis Severino, Harrison Bader, no Yamamoto, uh, what was the guy they got? Adrian Hauser, Joey Wendell. You would say that that's a terrible offseason. And it is. I think it has been a terrible offseason for the Mets. And I know there was a lot of conversation when they had the sell-off last year and it's, it was a readjustment of, of the priorities to the long-term as opposed to the short-term, that there was a conversation, well, are the Mets punting on next year? And I thought at the time, no, they're not going to punt on next year. They're, they're still going to be competitive. They're not going to go full bore like they have maybe the first couple of years under Steve Cohen. And there's still some off-season to go, but right now it does kind of seem like they're punting on the season. These are the moves? Now, it's not like the Yankees have gone, they, they made the Soto move, which is a big one, but they haven't really spent any, but I expect those moves to come. I don't really, I don't really expect any big move. What, what are the big moves the Mets are going to make? It seems like they're going to make these kind of, these kind of under the radar moves. And it's kind of wasting the core that they have because the Mets do have a, a solid core. Now they have to add pitching and, and maybe they, they will look to add that on, on the fringes, not. I don't think they're in the market for Blake Snell. I don't think they're in the market for 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 Jordan Montgomery. But these are the mo- this is the off season that you're putting together. What what happened to Moneybag Steve Cohen? 
and I'm not saying you have to pay ridiculous amounts of money like you've done in the past. Maybe you, you target things a little smarter with your new president of baseball operations in place. But come on. I mean, these are the moves. Lu- Luis Severino, Harrison Bader, Joey Wendell, Adrian Hauser. But the uh, owner, he flew to Japan and back. That's tough. That's not easy to do. It came in second in Yamamoto in terms of offer. That's a strong effort. What are we talking about? This has been a very disappointing. This has been a flop of an offseason for the New York Mets as we sit here right now. Unless there is some big... I thought that they would be in on... uh, At some point, they're going to pivot to make at least one splash move to kind of get the fan base engaged. And I thought that that maybe Bellinger might be that move, and then you can put him in center field and move uh, move Nimmo to, to left and, and kind of improve the defense that way. That clearly never materialized, and, and, and Harrison Bader now in center. I, I don't know. This is a very weird offseason, and it doesn't. It feels like there should be far more criticism of the offseason that is, but it just seems like once the well, they tried for Yamamoto. What can you do? Very weird offseason. Very weird, obviously. The other thing with the Yankees um, and, and their pursuit of pitching, I, I don't know what way it, – it feels like more and more like it's going to be the trade route. I, I've never been a bit – it seemed like a lot of talk was, well, they could go out and get Jordan Montgomery and then make, make a trade for a pitcher. If you're Jordan Montgomery, unless the money is just blowing you away and it seems like the money is there from, from multiple teams – you really want to rush back to the team that traded you away? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that he has any allegiance to the Yankees. Now, if the Yankees have the strongest offer, maybe he wants to go back there. But I don't know that they're necessarily going to have the strongest offer. I don't think that the Yankees are in on Blake Snell. I know there's been some some talk of that this week. Oh, Blake Snell really wants to pitch for the Yankees. I'm good. I'm good. There's a lot of options out there. I don't know which one they're going to end up landing. I expect that they're going to land. They, they, can't do, they can't do nothing. Like, if you were putting up $300 million for Yamamoto, don't tell me, well, it just didn't work. We're just going to play, much like the Mets, we're just going to go on the fringes and we'll get a couple of stopgap guys and we'll figure it out in the course. Of, no, 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 no. Don't figure it out in the course of the season. Figure it out now. Figure it out now. Go on and be aggressive. The Soto move, you got praise all around because you were aggressive. You went for it. You have to do the same thing in terms of the pitching. Let's fix the issues of the team. And clearly the Yankees need to add at least one pitcher most likely to go and do that now. Don't wait for the season. Don't think, well, everybody was hurt last year. They'll be healthy this year. We'll be much healthier in the rotation than we were a year ago. No, 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 no. Let's, let's not go down that road. Let's not go down that road. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Kenny is in Jersey. Kenny, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Gordon? Hey, hey I, I feel like usually my call better with you when I disagree but I can't poke no holes in nothing you were saying today. I agree with everything you were saying. Actually, I, uh, Dave had me gassed up that uh, the Mets would at least make legitimate offers for the two Japanese players. So do you feel like they made legitimate offers or were they just used as like uh, leverage, you know, to, to boost it up? Uh, well, in terms of Yamamoto, and Kenny, thanks for the phone call. The reason why you agree with me, Kenny, is because I'm right. It's okay. That happens. I'm, I'm right a lot. The, the thing with Yamamoto, did they make a representative offer? Yeah, they did make a representative offer. But if you had told me going in the Mets offer was going to be the same as somebody else's, I would say, well, chances are the Mets are not going to get them. The Mets had to put the best offer, clearly the best offer on the table. 
and they didn't do that. They, they had the same offer as the Dodgers, and they didn't get a chance to come back with a better offer. Maybe they would have, but that's, this is supposed to be the, the, the power of Steve Cohen, that he walks in and you know this is the guy who's got all the money. It's like the Mets can't even get the billionaire right. They had to not just have a representative offer. They had to have clearly, in terms of money, the best offer out there. Clearly. And they didn't. They had a, they had a very good offer, a similar offer to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are a better team. So, And it's possible if the Mets offered $400 million that they wouldn't have gotten him. Maybe he still wanted to go to L.A. Maybe he didn't want to be on the East Coast. All those things are possible. And maybe at the end of the day, all you did was just hike up the, the cost that it cost the Dodgers. But that doesn't hurt you. It hurts you because you don't get the player. But how does that hurt you? How does that harm you? You didn't get the player. You didn't get the player. If you didn't get the player at, at 325 or 400, it's still the same result. I don't think that hiking it up for the Dodgers, uh, I don't think that there's any negative to losing out by having the best offer. Let's go to Richard Manhattan. Richard, what's going on? Gordon, Gordon, a good TikTok question would have been, Elvis's first movie was 1956, Love Me Tender. Uh-huh. The woman who played his wife also played in Ten Commandments, Deborah Paget. She's still living. Played Say again, wife. Richard? You kind of broke up there. What was it? Oh, the woman who played yeah. Elvis Presley's wife uh-huh. in the first movie Elvis did, Love Me Tender, 1956, mm-hmm. Deborah Paget, Civil War movie. He uh-huh. returns from the Civil War. Anyway, she was also in the Ten Commandments. She is still living, 97 years wow, old. Wow, look at that. All right. Deborah Paget. Now, are you on TikTok, Richard? I, f- I would find no, that fascinating. No, no, I'm, I'm just on the telephone with you, Gordon. Okay. That's it. I use the only brain. The only computer I have is between my ears. That's right. it. And the telephone and the television and the newspaper. Those are my, uh, those are my eyes and ears. Uh, as far as the Knicks. Gordon, leave this team alone. We're getting players I never knew we had, McBride and Grimes. Let Thibodeau work his magic. This, you know, uh, Anunnabi and, and uh, Randall shot four for 22 last night, and they still won by 30 points. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, Hartenstein, you made a mistake. You're saying he's, score, he's, reba- he's not rebounding like he did when he was playing part-time. When he was playing part-time, he was really shining rebounding because he didn't have to play that many minutes. So as he plays more minutes, you know, he's not, he's not the ferocious rebounder that he was coming in for 20 minutes. But that's okay. Now, if Ochoa works out, you know, and then we still got Sims to come back. You still got Taj Gibson off the bench. I mean, we got a lot of players. Leave this team alone. They're three and zero. How can people not be happy with this? Beating the Celtics. I mean, beating the Sixers like they did last night. This is unbelievable. This uh, look, is. Richard, ent- I, I agree. I, I, I hear you. Um, he had twenty rebounds against the Bulls, so uh, he was starting at that time too. So, um, I, I'm just saying, in terms of an overall player, I, I did not think that this was the kind of player that you were getting with Hartenstein. Um, or Hartenstein, rather. Uh, I, I did not think that he was going to be going this hard and, and playing this well. When, when Mitch went down, I thought, oh, boy, I like, I like him in, in the backup role, but I didn't know that he was going to excel this way. And, and he's kind of done a little bit of everything. He's had nights where he's scoring. He has nights where he's rebounding. He had night, uh, what was it, against the Bulls or against Minnesota? He had, like, the five block shots. So he's done a little bit of everything. And... I know a certain portion of Nick fans 
are not going to want to hear this, but you kind of have to credit the coach on getting the best production out of the player. Like, you didn't think this uh, of, of Hartenstein either coming in here. No one did. But they're, they're getting that production out of him. And that's what, that's at the end of the day for a coach, for a GM, it's about spotting talent, developing talent, getting the most out of that talent. It's hard to say that uh, the Knicks are not doing that right now. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, Lewis's in the Bronx. Lewis, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Gordon? Uh, I, I, happy New Year to you, too. Same to uh, you. The other thing I wanted to say, I had like I, I had a question and a statement. The, 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 I'm gonna say the statement first. I wanted to know. Well, actually, I'm gonna say the question first because you were saying something about the Yankees need to go for pitching. I wanted to know what pitchers are there out there because you always say you're not with Blake Snell and all that. So, what other pitchers are there out there to go for? And the other thing is, I'm not too sold on Yamamoto being this next great thing. Like, we don't know what exactly he's gonna do in the Major League Baseball league when he gets in. He might come out and be getting home runs hit on him and all type of stuff. We don't know exactly if he's even worth the 300 million. So I feel like the Yankees and the Mets might have dodged a bullet with not actually getting him because he could be a stinker when he comes into the league. What do you think? Well, that is possible, Lewis, and and maybe it is a little overblown. The the hype was a little overblown. I, I remember when uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka came here, there was like a cover of of Sports Illustrated. It was like – Something along the lines of what Daisuke Matsuzaka is going to show the entire world in Major League Baseball. And, and he was okay for a little while, but uh, yeah, he was, he was overhyped. So I guess that's possible with Yamamoto. And, and now that he's not a Yankee, I'm rooting for him. Yes, he's, I never thought he was any good. Uh, in terms of the pitchers, there's the guys that are available in free agency, the two big ones there, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. But there's been a lot of talk of, of trade potential, maybe uh, Burns in, in Milwaukee, maybe uh, Dylan Cease with the White Sox, uh, Bieber with uh, the uh, Guardians. There's some options there. And clearly the Yankees, I don't want them to play on the fringes. I want them to, much like the Soto move, which I never thought was going to happen when it first got made. I don't know. Knicks, uh, the, the Knicks. The Yankees are not going to go full bore like that. They did go full bore, and they got the player. And, and now we get to see him for an entire season, and hopefully a whole lot longer than that. They've got to go. This has got to be the off season where they settle all family business, like Godfather. That's what I want to see Brian Cashman do, and I don't want to see it where I have to question the move or I'm relying on his judgment. I want moves that I know right away that guy's good. That's why I like the soda move. I know that guy's good right away. Let's go to Danny on Long Island. Danny, what's up? Who's presently in South Carolina, enjoying the nice warm weather. But anyway, the uh, if my Steelers can give me a birthday present today and win, boy, do I become a big Dolphin fan tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, Danny, I don't, I don't want you to get your hopes up there, buddy. I, I know maybe the, the Steelers can win, uh, but if you're relying on the Dolphins in, in, in December and January, that uh, generally doesn't end well. Well, we always got Tannehill in the, in, in the Titans to rely on. That doesn't make me feel better either. But anyway, the topic was the Mets and the, and the owner. You know, Steve didn't uh, acquire all his billions of dollars by by just giving it away and being an idiot. And, you know, sometimes people complain that the Yankees spend too much money and these other teams do it for less. And, and for a while, it looked like Hank was Hank came to the conclusion that, hey, listen, why am I spending how? $200 million if the How? If the if the, uh, if the, if the, if the if these other teams like Tampa Bay spent half that amount, we're losing to them. So I think Yamamoto wanted to be a Dodger. I think he used the Yankees and the Mets to boost up the offer. And he didn't even give them a chance to counter because he really didn't want to come here. So, you know, Harrison Bader is a nice play. I thought he was very good on the Yankees. So not everybody has to be a superstar. So let's see what happens. And, again, it's professional sports has come now. 
like a game of poker. Your opening day hand is not what you end up with anymore. It's like you, you start out of the gate, you win. You know, okay, what do we need now? A couple of teams are going to trade people. The NBA does it every year. Football does it now. It's amazing to me that the running back just came to an agreement with the owner, got cut, and now he's on a Super Bowl team. When did that ever happen before? So it's like the opening the opening roster is just like your opening hand in poker. You, you'll, you'll land on as you need. Uh, I hear you, Dan. Uh, boy, it feels like, thanks for the phone call. This feels like uh, spinning. This, do you hear the spinning? Do you see the spinning? If I had told Met fans going into this offseason, here's the moves that you're going to be ha- have made b- by this point, by, by January 6th. There ain't a single person who would say, oh, no, that's, that's great. That, that's perfect. Really? Yeah, I really like it. Really, really like Joey Wendell and Adrian Hauser and Harrison Bader and Louisa. Can we get a couple more Yankee scrap peep? Is Billy McKinney available? Where where is Willie Calhoun? Is he is Jake Bowers on the way? There's not a single Met fan who would have been okay with that. And rightfully so. You expect a little bit more than that. This is I don't think that Steve Cohen is like the Wilp. This is like a Wilpon all season, though. These they were all these are all like lottery tickets. If any of these guys actually work out, you'll you'll kind of be surprised. And what's really the expectation for any of them? And you're right. At baseball especially, there's improvements in the course of the year. There's guys that sometimes you've never even thought about on opening day who turn out to be major contributors by the time the season is decided in, in uh, September and October. But the Mets' strength really is their owner's wallet. That's the one major thing that they have going for them. And they've kind of taken themselves out of the game outside of the, separate, uh, outside of the, uh, the uh, Yamamoto move. And to say, well, they made he just didn't want to come here. How do, you, how do you know? You didn't make a better offer than the Dodgers. You made the same offer as the Dodgers. And if you had offered $400 million and you didn't get them, well, then you didn't lose anything. You didn't pay him. You could have offered him 500 If he didn't come here, well, then you would know he was not coming here. But you didn't do that. You made a similar offer to the Dodgers, and you could have known going in. If it's between the Dodgers and the Mets and the money's the same, everybody's picking the Dodgers. And Yamamoto did. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, our NFL picks for the final week of the regular season. Can we stay on our heater? Are we even still on a heater? Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, people. Final week of the NFL regular season. Maybe the most difficult week to predict, especially with so many teams resting this guy and resting that guy, not playing hard. It's almost like a second bye week for a lot of teams. But I have two games. Last week, only one and one, so we're still one game under 500 for the regular season. But here's the good news. This is, this is big. This year, we're putting together the perfect postseason. Win every single game of the postseason. And, and why I can make that prediction is pretty obvious. No Jets, no Giants in the postseason. That's the only reason why we're still under 500, because of all the times I picked the Jets. But it is the final week of the regular season. And we got two games. So this is the week we finally get back over 500 for the year. Roll into the postseason on this heater that we've been on. He's cooking right now. It's the last six weeks or so. We've been very, very solid. Once I realized, you know what, idiot, stop picking the Jets. Game number one. I have to find games this week 
where it matters to the people involved. I don't know that it matters. Like, I kind of like the Ravens today, even though they're resting a lot of their starters, even though they're resting Lamar Jackson. But I got to find games where it matters. And there's two for me. One, you know where I'm going. Up in New England. Jets at Patriots. Pats minus a point and a half. Here's the bottom. Let's bottom line it. We have certainly seen some weird things in our time over the last few years. I'm not going to get into specifics. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But I have a hard time believing that Bill Belichick, in his likely final game as the Patriots head coach, is going to lose to the New York Jets at home. Uh, A team he has not lost to anywhere since, what, 2015? A Jets team that I think is kind of checked out on the season? People will say stranger things have happened. Have they, though? Have they? Bill Belichick, who's won 15 games in a row against the Jets. And you know, there's no team he wants to beat more than the Jets. Just to beat the Jets one more time, just to go out with a win one more time, just probably to screw over the Patriot fans who are such, oh, what awful people. Oh, lose another game. We need a better draft pick. Shut up. Kicking the poor guy out the door. Guy who's giving you Super Bowl after Super Bowl. You ingrates. You're all fraud. There was none of you before Belichick got to New England. And he and Belichick, he's going to pull out every trick in the book. He's going to be like Mr. Fuji back in the day, standing on the ring apron. Every, che- every cheating tactic that he had, he's not already used. They're deflating footballs 24 hours a day up. I don't know how that's going to play into it, but he's working on something. He's got something in his sock tucked in. Who knows? Win if you can, lose if you must, but always, always cheat. That's that's Bill Belichick's motto. So, yeah, give me the, uh, give me the Patriots minus the point and a half. Then game number two. I have, I said this before, a brilliant, guys, tell me what you think about this. A brilliant idea for the NFL Network. You know how the NFL Network has a, that show, A Football Life? Sure. Ever seen any of those? The best docuseries. Tremendous docuseries. I've not seen many of them. I saw the one on Belichick for sure. I've seen a couple of them, but very well done. It's all about somebody's life in football and, and how they've made an impact on the game. The game has made an impact on them. The Jets don't I have, have one. What's that? The Jets don't have a football they, life. They do not have a football life. But I have a spinoff series, so to say, so to speak. It's a football life, but it's a football life wasted. That's the name of the show. A wasted football life. And the show writes itself. It, remember Behind the Music? Behind the Music had a very structured format. It was Introduction. That was the first one. They'd have a commercial break. Then they'd come back. The second segment was the rise to fame of the band. Commercial break. Third segment was the downfall. And then the fourth segment was the rise again. Whatever form that the band rose again. Either solo artist, whatever. A wasted football life is the same way. Each week you, you, you go in and, and you sit down with a fan of a loser organization that has spent their life loving football and their team has not loved them back. One week it's a Dolphin fan, one week it's a Jet fan, one week it's a Browns fan. You could have an episode with the Panthers, 
an episode with the certainly the Falcons. I, how there were any Falcon fans left after that thing that they pulled in the Super Bowl a few years ago, I, I don't know. I would figure everybody was just jumping off the, the boat at that point. But that's the thing. First episode, the introduction, how they became fans of that team. Second, whatever early success maybe they might have had that gave them hope and thought that, hey, someday it's going to be our turn. Then the third segment is a long segment because it's the downfall. And you just, the repeated failures of your loser organization year in and year out. And then the fourth episode, you come back from break and it's a shorter segment and it's just the person crying. Year after year of tears and angst and anger and frustration and bile in the stomach just bubbling up and hatred and and, and more anger. I think the show kind of writes itself. It almost feels like a Mad Lib. You could just plop the person in. Most of it's already written. You could use AI and do it. A, A wasted football life. There's at least eight episodes in that first season. And then the next season, you go back to the same people. What more do you need? It's just the same thing. Much like those teams, it's the same thing year in and year out. Every year, the Dolphins, hey, no, this year's going to be different, people tell me. This time, no, it's not like the past. It's not like the past 40 years that you've watched this organization let you down time and time again. And here we go again. Bills, Dolphins, Sunday Night Football. Hey, it's like, a, it's like a televised execution. Here you go. For the whole world to see. Dolphin season, September and October, one way. November and December, now January, something different. The Dolphins don't match up well with the Bills ordinarily when they're a whole lot healthier than they are right now. They cannot figure out Josh Allen, and the Bills have completely figured out Tua. So the Bills, minus two and a half. You know where I'm going. Give me the Bills, minus the two and a half. So those are your picks for the final week of the NFL regular season. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A hungry Damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Gotta do something with my hands. I gotta get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. Just take it right in the face. Right in the face. Don't worry about it. These are Gordon Damer's Leftovers. Oh, it is that time, people, for the leftovers. Harvey, Joe, questions that they may have uh, come up with or came into the show with as we take you up until noon. Pat O'Keefe warming up in the bullpen as we speak. Uh, Joe, Harvey, anything for today? I got one, and this was on my mind for the entire show. We talked about it right before the show happened. Mm -hmm. An Alaskan airline flight had a door fly off mid-flight last night and had Uh to land in Portland, Oregon from Alaska how is this not a bigger story? Like, that's one of my biggest fears as I board an airplane. It didn't work. And apparently Boeing is now, like, I think it was a 9 Max or whatever it was called. They just grounded all those types of planes across the country. How is this not a bigger story? A plane's door flew off midair. I'll be honest with you. If I got plans to go someplace, if you have, I'll sign a waiver. Uh, I'll buckle my seatbelt. Let's go. Uh, I don't. I don't care what's flying. The doors flying off. The the uh, windows. It's a little windy in the cabin today. I don't care. I, I got to the airport. I went through security. I did everything. 
I, I showed up, I packed my luggage, I got all my different things in the different places they have to go and you carry on at a regular, let's go. I'd say, I, I don't care. I, I still want to go. Let's, let's do it. I'll sign, I'll sign whatever you have to do. I'll, I'll, I'll swear testimony. I'll swear in a bot, whatever. Let's, let's, let's get moving. I don't care how dangerous it is. Let's do it. It's the only thing you can do. Well, what are we going to do? Can't, now we got to, those are giant planes. What are we going to get? Two planes? You can't even get the big planes. Never mind the small planes. No, that's no good. No good. All right, that's going to do it for today. If you didn't get us on the phone, certainly hit us up on the uh, social media, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok. Pat O'Keefe is coming up next. We'll see you next Saturday. It's Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. The only computer I have is between my ears.